Gaming NBS episode 179 coming to you Wednesday, February 21st, 2018. Welcome to Gaming NBS Tabletop RPG Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Good to have you all on board. I see Tucker has found the uh, cat's water dish behind you there, Sean. He has. Tucker is Sean's dog. He just wandered away as soon as Sean turned around. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing fantastic. That's good. That's very good. So you're still going to GaryCon, right? I am. Awesome. So uh-huh. GaryCon um, is one of the Wisconsin conventions that Sean and I have been going to. So we're looking at, what, March 8th. So damn, but that is coming up fast. So March 8th. Uh, link in the show notes, GaryCon.com, in case you haven't seen that yet. I know some friends of ours, friends of the show, uh, are going to be there. I think uh, Otto will be there. David Beatty will be there. Uh, Hobbs will be there. Shite. I mean, <laughs> tons of people are going to be there. Forrest, all sorts of folks. So um, if you get a chance to come down, that would be great. I know Brinkman's are always there, so it's always fun to see Jen and Bob. Lots of cool people, so... Um, come on down. I think Chris Steele's even going to make it up again. He was there last year, so hopefully he'll show up and we can cause some shenanigans as we did last year, too. So that should be a good time. Hopefully we will see more folks there. If you see Sean or I, stop us, say hi, all that good stuff. So, <sighs> Sean, anything new? Anything? In, oh, what? What's going on? Is a dog from the cat food? <laughs> so my dog doesn't come down into the basement. And sometimes when he's left upstairs to his own demise, he, and my wife's not there, he'll just bark for some reason. He's not a big barking dog, so I think he just thinks she's there. He gets excited and barks. So I'm like, I'll bring him down into the basement. I literally have to carry this 50-pound freaking beagle hound down into the basement. And now he's down here, and he doesn't usually come down here. So now, and I got cat stuff everywhere. So some cat bowl, food everywhere, and he's just, whoa, whoa, look at this, <laughs> leftovers, blah, 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 blah. This is the and best I, room in the whole house. And since he's <laughs> never down here, I didn't think about like, oh, I better probably put those away or put that away and throw that away. So now he's going freaking bonkers. He just, I brought him down here so he didn't distract me, and now he's distracting me. <laughs> That's all right. I'll tell you what. Well, let's get in a random encounter. I'll read the first one, and <sighs> you can tune out. Tune me out for a bit. All right. All right, random, so... Random cr- encounter. All right. Crimfan. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping down. We'll stomp on each other all night. <clears throat> so Crimfan steps in on episode 177. The adversarial situation you described with your friend John is fine. I'm not sure I'd want to play that too much, but he he's transparent and open about the game, so you know what you're getting. Lots of old school adventures did have that kind of savor die, traps and critters, just as you say. <clears throat> Tournament scoring was done by getting as far into the dungeon as you could, hence the prolific death traps. Problematic adversarial behavior is a different story. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do think some games may end up becoming adversarial due to various things. Personality clashes, rules lawyers, or hardcore power gamers, railroad GMs, often frustrated auteurs, uh, players failing to engage with the story, GMs who are very poor at explanations, or description, a GM burnout being common ones. Essentially, these are all things that create excessive frustration. Inexperienced GMs can end up this way a lot, I suspect, due often to the fact that the players frequently outsmart the GM, which gets really frustrating. The GM is outnumbered, after all, but it can happen even with experienced GMs. I've noted times when I've gotten myself in a rut with portrayals of certain kinds of NPCs or felt like the players got one over on me, especially if I'm tired. One guy I used to play with, he can... Uh, be both really good and really bad as GM, often got frustrated because his monsters would get locked down by tactically savvy players. This happened a ton in 4E because they were really clever combos that smart players could exploit due to the ton of status effects. The examples uh, you guys put of the DM not providing enough information and killing the PCs is a good one. Props for mentioning Morden Canyon's fantastic adventure. And by the way, White Plume Mountain was written as a joke. Evidently, the author never thought it would get published. <laughs> You know, Crimfan, I have heard that before. If you or anybody else could point me to a source on that, <coughs> excuse me, I'd be really interested. There's some of those semi-apocryphal things I've heard about the older edition, you know, and the origins and so on. Some are kind of lost to the mist of time in a way. But this one I've heard before, the White Plume Mountain being written as a joke. I'd be interested to see 
where that started at. But thank you, Kerm fan. Good stuff, man. Who wrote it? I don't know who wrote it. Uh, White Plume. I will look it up while you read the next one. Sky Slayton. Sky Slayton. I don't know why you did that to him. This guy's a nice person. (laughs) Keep going. Brett B. I'm not at all putting you down, though in thinking about my analogy, I would change it. So old school style plays like Earth Angel. Classic, but less complex in a good way. Newer games are like Marty's Johnny Be Good. New and hip, but if you take it too far, obnoxious. And you two are Marvin Barry saying, Chuck, Chuck, it's Marvin, your cousin, Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. There's a whole lot of referencing going on in there. So, kids, it's referencing a little Back to the Future. Yes, go watch Back to the Future Part 1 and absorb its lessons and move on. That's right. The point is that the style of game you want to play is like Sean P. Kelly answer. It depends. <laughs> On what kind of game you want to play. It's Valentine's Day. If my wife came home and I fired up Johnny Be Good, she would look at me like WTF. But if I said Alexa, play Earth Angel, and then we slow dance, she might think I'm a lovable fool and the result would be much better. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. Bob's your uncle and all that. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was Lawrence Schick was the author of White Blue Mountain. Lawrence, Lawrence Schick. Schick. Yes. S-C-H-I-C-K. For everybody that, so everybody that yelled, Lauren Schick, you get 10 points. Yes. 10 experience well, points. Congratulations. Apparently Lawrence wrote it as a joke. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. thank you, Sky. I really uh, didn't take you serious that you, were, that you were giving me shit. It was just fun to do and... I do feel better that you weren't totally bagging on me. It is the year of the Kelly after all, though, so I'm going to have to put up with such slings and arrows. It's going to happen. It's going to happen all year. Hey, hang in there, man. I'll try. <laughs> I'll, I'll, carry, I'll carry you along, man. Even though it's my year, you're welcome to come along, bro. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I did. I have. Well, it's about your turn. So. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, eesh. All right, Gaming Ronin came back at us. Um, immersion can be different for different people. <clears throat> I don't mean the definition. I mean for some people it's getting into character, and for other people it's immersion into the abilities of the character. Some others get immersed into systems. That's why I think that's why things people claim break immersion can vary so greatly. Breaking immersion often really means distraction, and immersion is focus. Anything that breaks your attention on the part of your focusing is breaking your immersion. You know, Ronan, that's actually a good point. I didn't, when I, you know, the, the deep mental, you know, focus and so on, I think that statement, you know, distraction versus focus, you know, something that takes you out of whatever you like, um, be it a distraction because Sean's dog is hanging up behind him or the cat's jumping up on the table, knocking the dice over or whatever, that, that type of thing can take you out and you can lose your focus. So, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's a good definition, Ronan. Thanks, man. Over to you, sir. Pure mongrel. Sound of blowing dust off a long unused object. Sound of object scraping as it is pushed along the ground. Sound of climbing onto object. Oh, oh, my knee. There's my hip. In regards to episode 178, Immersion in Our Games. Struth, fellas. What about the bloody players doing their bit for immersion? Oh, talk Sorry. about Year of the Kelly. <laughs> that was an exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. I didn't really I didn't really get into that. Didn't really feel like screaming it into my ears. Thank you. I should have put it in caps. It's not enough for us poor GMs having to know all the rules, create the worlds, populate the countrysides, motivate the gods, rally the forces of evil, and stock the dungeons. Now we are also totally responsible for having the players feel the world they explore. Bah, I say bah. What about getting those pampered players to help us with immersion? It's bad enough that they rarely read beyond the title of the player's handbook, let alone knowing what their own characters can do. Role play your characters, you stretchers of GM sanity. Know what your character is capable of. 
Be ready to do your action when it is your turn. Nothing breaks immersion more than the GM also having to hold the hands of the players as well as present the game world and its inhabitants. Enough, I say. Down with player apathy and letting the GM do all the heavy lifting. Grumbling intermixed with the sound of an angry GM climbing down from his soapbox. Cough. Sorry about that. I can get a bit fired up. Being serious now. Oh, well, I wasn't serious before. I liked it before. I don't know what this will get us. So keep going. I don't know it. In my work, in-game immersion can be tricky a tricky thing. Many of the young adults I GM for live with trauma, which can be exasperated by descriptions that are too intense, graphic, or realistic. Sometimes even the most ambiguous thing can set a player off. I have heard you lads mention many times the need to be clear with and get clearance from your players regarding the manner in which the game will be played and the subject material that will be presented. This is awesome advice, and it should be considered by every GM. You just never know what might trigger a negative response for a player. So even though the players within my groups may pick any genre to play, in fact, one of my groups picked and is now playing East Texas University at the moment, I must be constantly conscious of how I present horror elements of the discovery of victims and crime scenes. One of the ways I like to do it where possible is describe the effect the scene is having on NPCs in the vicinity or the surrounding area and not actually describe the source of the horror or violence. For instance, the first on-scene police officer is throwing up in the gutter while a small trace of blood has seeped through the sheet covering the murder victim. The cold shadows cover most of the creature as it snarls, ready to pounce. Its eyes glowing as red as the blood has spilled while performing its dark ritual. I don't need to describe actual wounds, broken bodies, or graphic horror. I can set the tone without the gore or violence. That being said, even this would be too much for some of my players, so they are offered other games to join and enjoy. Immersion is fantastic. To this day, I still talk about the Call of Cthulhu game my mate Dave ran that scared the shit out of me 25 years ago. The fact that we were playing during a cyclone and the wind killed the power helped. But as GMs, we have a responsibility to the players at our table. Everyone at our tables must be fully aware of the tone and theme of the game they are about to invest themselves in. Once again, accept excellent podcast. I look forward to the next one. Warmest regards, Mongrel. Thanks, man. I do. Um, we do have uh, up next. <coughs> excuse me. We're talking about adversarial players um, to uh, come from that angle. And a little bit of it um, comes into what you kind of jokingly slash seriously he brought up at the beginning. But I think you're right. There's a number of different ways that even if you're playing with people who are like, oh, no, I, I can handle the graphics. I can handle the this, that, or the other thing. Um, not everybody needs or wants it. And sometimes even for just the um, simplicity or expeditiousness of a scene, you can use some of the descriptive tactics that you mentioned, Mongrel, and uh, get the same darn thing across. <laughs> sometimes, if if nothing else... Doing something of, you know, having the cop puking in the gutter with a little bit of blood. Oh, well, must be pretty drastic. Let the player dream it up in their head. It's a qu- it's a much quicker way for me to describe something horrible than actually trying to sit down and come up with all the right um, language and verbs and other things to describe what's going on. So I think that's uh, that's some pretty good advice. Thanks, man. All right, Christopher Jeffers emailed us, and uh, he said, I had a question for you guys and wasn't sure if you've made an episode on it or not. If so, I'd love to know which episode. I've been starting at one and going forward. Good man, Christopher. Hey. Anyway, I was wondering about the legality of homebrews outside of D&D and Pathfinder, as these are with a guild or whatnot. In particular, regarding Star Wars. I was hoping you guys knew if anyone can legally post a homebrew without setting it, if it involves an IP. Cheers, can't wait to hear this week's show when I finally catch up. Huh. Huh, huh, huh. We've not done a show on that, man. If it involves an IP, I guess it depends on whose IP is. If it's your IP, well, then I think you relinquish quite a bit of it when you put it up in the DMs Guild, but I could be way wrong. Well, like, he's talking about, in particular, Star Wars. If you just say, hey, oh, I, found, I found something really cool, the last thing you'd want to do is go make the mouse angry at you because then the mouse will come down from the uh, from the castle on the mountain and eat you because that's what the mouse does. Um, I think 
without selling it, there's a weird, there's some weird ass lines there. I'd have to get Alex to then point me to somebody who really knows. Because even within legal circles, there's people who specialize in that type of thing and be like, "Hey, Alex, do you know a guy I can ask this question to?" And then even then, it could get pretty sketchy. Ah, uh, no. Uh, no. I would say just don't Hell do it. Hell no, dude. You're going to get so sued into oblivion. Like, you're going to get the big cease and desist. It's but then bad. again, if you don't get a cease and desist, you ain't trying hard enough. The, but do you want one? <laughs> so that's where it's... You can post prob- them on your wall and show how fucking cool you are. I don't no, think they I don't can... I don't think they have to start there. I think they can just be like, hi, we're going to sue you for the shit that you're selling. You can't sell other people. He's talking IP. about not selling it, though. Oh, you can't put it in the guild, then? Yeah, but I think... Um, there's yeah. guys. There's guys that are putting like the uh, second edition revised and updated RUPD mm-hmm. revised updated, whatever the Star Wars one. But it's free. They don't charge for it. So I think it's wonky. It's really. It's really really yeah. tricky. It used to be my my general thought was always, well, if I'm not charging for it, who fucking cares? Just put it out and anybody can grab whatever. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's man, actually a thing. Know. It's goofy. Um, We're not lawyers, man. I'm not, and I really... Oh, Christ. The copyright law in the U.S. is ex- ex- even it's crazier. It's weird. Yeah, it's crazy. Cra- crazier than many other countries. So I'll tell you what, Christopher. I would, I would hesitate to do too much if I had something that I like to play and said, hey, I've got a homebrew thing I'd like to run for you. And you said, sure, I'll run it on Roll20 or something. It's just a thing you did or you played it at your house and so on. You, know, you, you can't stop me from using D&D D20 rules to run a Star Wars game in my own home, you know, type of thing. But posting it up for others to consume, I don't uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody out there wiser than us will have better statements. But right now, Sean and I are just hedging, hedging, hedging because I just don't know, man. I don't it's an know. ongoing. It's an ongoing topic. You post somewhere, and it gets all kooky, and a lot of armchair lawyers and attorneys get involved. And some of them know what they're talking about, and some may think they are. We are the latter. But I, I mean, I would say, if it involves money and IP, and it's not yours, you're in a lot of trouble if you do that. Don't do that. So don't charge. And then if you do it as a fan piece. Then I don't know. It's when it comes down to distribution and credits and all that other crap. Like there's a guy who does. Um, he doesn't. He's doing stun dungeon world, but it's Star Wars world. Um, and I think he's got a little. I mean, I'd love to get it, but he puts it out for free because. And then if he wants to put it out and sell it, then he has to change all the IP. He has to be like, it's something else, like yeah, stars without number or. White Star. Don't know. Yuck. I think that's how James did White Star, right? I think so. I think he was a big fan of Star Wars, and he made his own game, but he couldn't call it Star Wars. Yeah. You can't call the classes in it Jedi. You gotta no. call it something else. Can't call them lightsabers. Gotta call them... Space Samurai. Laser swords or some shit. Light katanas. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I would... Uh... Yeah. But if it's your own shit, go nuts. Absolutely. All right. There we go. I hope we were a big help on that. (laughs) That was probably terrible, Christopher. Sorry about that. Sean, next one's for you. Got to get that disclaimer out there. We are not lawyers, nor do we represent them. We may role play them on occasion, but even then, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) Greetings, like just like an elf and a sword. I've never swung a sword, and I've never been an elf. I haven't been a lawyer, though I've played one. Poorly. On on TV. Greetings, gentlemen. I decided to start listening to your show shortly after I was a guest with Brett on the Hobbs and Friends podcast. I've been cherry-picking episodes that have topics that spark my interest ever since. Sweet. Thanks, man. One one episode that I especially enjoyed was episode 87 on GM screens. I used to use screens for every game I could. Like you guys mentioned, I would buy the screen for every game I purchased. I've also made my own screens for 2nd Edition AD&D as well as Dungeon Crawl Classics. However, in the past year or so, I have moved away from screens. This is in large part due to seeing other GMs at cons running screenless. Whoa. Wow. <whistles> screenless? It is also because my main game to run is DCC RPG, and they have a great reference book available on Lulu that I use instead of a screen. I think I know that reference book. It's a pretty good one. Yes, it I is. Still- 
I still cover my notes with something, but I now make all my die rolls in the open. I have found that some games still lend themselves to using screens as reference charts, especially when I run Fantasy Flight Star Wars. That's my two cents on GM screens. I'll keep listening to the back catalog and keep up the great work. Thanks, DM Kojo. Thanks, Kojo. That was cool being on a show with you back in the old Hobbs and Friends. That was yeah, fun. I listened to that one, even with Brett on there. It's still, yeah, I didn't I didn't, I, I didn't drag the quality down or anything. I did okay. Oh, no, I was like, hey, look at that. I'm listening to DM Kojo. Oh, and Brett happens and Brett, to be on oh, there. Not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> I have found that as of late when I have DM screens, I tend to use them because I stand up when I game master, so I, nine times out of ten I can't read the fucking screen anyway because of the angle it's at. So I'll use it to kind of claim my space on the table where I can roll my dice and just keep my notes. Because otherwise, when you've got five or six people at a small table or whatever, all the stuff kind of just moves around. It becomes difficult to, like, this is my space. Fuck off out of here. I need somewhere so to put like, my stuff. You're like Dwight Schrute that puts pencils between the desks all the way around the desk. Pencils between the desks. I have no idea what that is. Dwight Schrute on The Office, man. No, I never saw The Office. Oh, my God. Hey, anybody that's watching or listening to this, you know, is what I'm talking about. White Shroot. <laughs> he puts, he's got two desks together. In the crack, he puts pencils up through between them. Actually, I think my Jim might do that to piss him off. And then some Dwight or Jim, like, hammers him down like freaking nails. That's nails, funny. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I found that I tend to lay, if I've got a really good DM screen, like uh, I was running Warhammer this last weekend. And I've got a number of the hit charts printed out. And what I do is I lay them flat in front of me so I can reference them that way. While I'm standing, I can just look down and read at them. So it's much easier for me to go that way. Cool. I find I find nowadays they make them out of really hard substances. Like if you take a 1985 GM screen. Well, that, that was more like a, ones... um, that was like a, uh, I always said cereal box cardboard. If you get a cereal box, that was the quality of the cardboard. You know, and nowadays they are thick enough you could kill a person with them. They're, I don't know, man. Duty. I think I think some of the old ones, like AD and D first edition, was like that. It was, it was like uh, well, those are bad. Cardboard, p- cardboard paper. Yeah, I've got some of those. I've got some of those. Yeah, that won't protect you a from flying dice from players. Correct. And and you can't hit them worth the shit because it doesn't do any damage. It's like, it's like a one d four minus three. Yeah, I mean, if you slap a player with one of those, it doesn't do much. You got to no, get one of the more modern, heavier ones. Yeah. Yeah, man, get a five panel, freaking, I don't know, twenty gauge, freaking thick cardboard, man. You Something freaking wallop, a... wallop on a freaking player, man. They, they got, they, hey, it's your turn, buddy. You, they're gonna know it. Hey, what? What? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying. <laughs> Wing! Attention! There you go. Hey, metal ones are just around the corner. Just wait. saying. Just saying. Some sort of hey, al- Kickstarter. Aluminum, Kickstarter. Aluminum. <laughs> Player whacking kick, uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, if I find out how much an aluminum DM screen costs to make, and I put out a Kickstarter, I bet you I could sell shit tons of them. <laughs> Probably good. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'd pimp it on the show, man. We'd be like, get the official gaming <laughs> yes, <laughs> shielded DM screen. Yes. Can also be used as a weapon. Works as Faraday shield, weapon. <laughs> Yeah. See, there's stops, a few people. Stops a 20 that, caliber round at short yeah. range, all that stuff. Hey, Bonnie Cook's got Invisible Sun. Shit, man. I got an aluminum DM screen, bro. Nice. All right. $20 million kickstarted. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> every, every player, highest level. Yeah, I'll go to one of those crazy-ass ballistic stores online and get some body armor and make character sheets out of them or, uh, or GM screens out of them. That's what I need. <laughs> can't, can't be aluminum. That shit just dense and freaking folds over like oh, hey, uh UK folks that's aluminum you know. Al- aluminium aluminium yes, yes we're aluminium. talking about aluminium correct all right let's, let's move right. on god man seriously Brett you ready Sean what are we talking about this week we get some energy up with well, a mongrel <gasps> hit us a while back he said hey Let's hope you guys could explore and expand about how to improve in-game energy. Oh, it's easy. Just do a freaking line of cocaine right before you <laughs> yeah, run. Just, all right. <laughs> ah, damn. We do not endorse condone, or condone. condone the use of drugs or alcohol. No, no, we don't. Sorry. But I, that, I, is I, one way, that is one way to get energy. But totally. Yeah. Wow. 
Is, are these dice straight? How about this? Is this straight? Was that straight? Ah, I flipped the table. <laughs> what the hell just happened? What's wrong with Blazinski? I have no idea. Just let him go. He'll come back later. Woo! <laughs> what is that guy's problem? So I think <laughs> some of this is we're going to end up touching a little bit on GM burnout. Right? Because when you talk about, oh, my gosh, don't feel like it today or just don't seem to have the energy. Uh, burnout, I think, plays a little bit. But I think there's some more here as well. So, Sean... Let's talk about players first. Let's uh, let's beat on players for a bit here. So we talk about energy at the table, right? And to me, energy at the table is not only just focus and so on, but it's like being active, you know, paying attention, wanting to be there, and so forth. So, Sean, when you come to the game, you want to bring your best. Do you make sure you've uh, loaded up the latest version of uh, Yahtzee on your phone so you can play that when it's not your turn or something, or how do you? Candy Crush, my Candy friend. Crush. How do you make? Yeah. How do you, Sean? How do you make sure you're bringing your best to the game table? That's when, when you're the player. When you show oh. up at my table, how do I know you're bringing your best? What are, what I, are you doing? I go into the <laughs> from like last time. Like Brett was talking about, man, I get in the locker room, get in the zone. Slap, I get in the zone. I slap myself on the shoulders a couple times. Maybe head, yeah. head, head, <laughs> head butt myself against the head uh, against the wall a little bit. Yeah, you know. All right, man. Gotta get myself in the game. Gotta get into character. Uh, ready for this? Are you ready for this? <laughs> One of the things I have known that uh, some of my players will do is uh, something a little less crazy. <laughs> they, they keep notes and reference their notes before the game. It, just getting from like getting in the game, getting their headspace ready, where they come back and say, "Hey, what happened last time?" I'll ask, or someone else will ask, and they will say, well, allow me to you know, illuminate you, you poor schlub who takes no notes. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. The other thing that goes with that is what I try to do, or, and what I've seen my players do a lot, and I'm, I'm copying this when I am playing, is, oh my God, that's right, last time's when this thing happened. And um, they're dredging up the memory, not dredging, but they're remembering that really cool thing that happened, whether it was a cool magic item that was found, Oftentimes it was like a hilarious combat or just a funny NPC encounter or even sometimes a really serious thing. Yeah, that was, man, we almost got our asses kicked. Man, the Kuatoa, whoo, wow. Guess we can't swim. My God, that was tough. Yeah, I remember that. And just having that back and forth just before we say, okay, let's go and start the actual game. It's kind of the almost game equivalent of sitting around the locker room talking about how you're going to kick the monster's ass type of thing, but getting... Remembering what happened last time, remembering the fun parts, even the tricky or dangerous or almost deadly stuff, gets what I see it does to my players anyway. And when I am a player, is it gets me in that in that brain space from like, yeah, I'm here to play a game, and I really, that was fun. I had a lot of fun. I want that fun to continue. Let's go. So that helps from where I sit oftentimes to see really some decent energy coming to the table. Do you experience anything like that, Sean, or is that just is this just foreign to you? Yeah, I think <laughs> no, it's not foreign to me, Brett. Uh, just, just I do checking. think, huh? Just checking. Want to make sure? Okay. Want to make sure you're with me? Yeah, I'm with you, man. Good. I think it is. Uh, it is a state of mind, and I think you got to get into it. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard, and it's not hard because it's um, it, it's something you can't do, or maybe you're unwilling to do. But I think just some people, man, you know, you had a shitty day at work and you're going to go to game. And hopefully you can snap out of, like, the funk um, when you hit the gaming table. Like, sometimes I come into this podcast, Brett, and if you can believe it or not, sometimes I'm, like, kind of in a funk. No, I get it. No, absolutely. But then I get on, I get on the mic and I'm like, funk goes bye-bye. I like this, man. This is fun again. This is, this is, all right. It's the same thing with gaming. I believe that. Like, if you're at the table. I think you're right. Now, you said there's some things that you can do to, to get into that. And I think maybe, you know, looking over old notes or leveling your leveling your tune. I actually, That's a very good point. We will get, <coughs> excuse me, we'll get a, we'll get, hey, everybody's going to level up. Hey, I got enough experience. I'm going to level up. I purposely don't do that until the start of the game. Now, we get to the game early mm. and we sit down. Like, hey, we level up, right? Yeah, everybody's level five now. Great, I gotta do some quick leveling up. Now, granted, I've we're running five E. It's pretty lickety split to to level up a character, and uh, it's not like higher levels of Pathfinder or some of the some of the games have a lot of crunch behind 
behind that. But even then, you can, <clears throat> if you know what you're doing, you can level that shit up pretty quick. But that gets me into the character. Oh, yeah, that's right, because I'm staring at my character sheet. I have a plus one this magic item. I've got this. Oh, shit, I'm almost out of arrows. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, where are all these check marks over here? Christ, I'm down to half my hit points. Oh, my God, I remember that. It forces me to take a look at that character sheet and remember why why my character sheet is in the current condition it's in. Is it is it, you know, newly unwrinkled because I wadded up and beamed it off my game master's head last time? Or is it, you know is it just full of scratch marks over by the current health point tracker because it was just a hell of a fight? So um yeah, just going leveling up at the beginning of the game session or pre you know, just that part just before is, is something I like to do that gets me refocused on the game itself. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a big one. I think I don't I don't think we do that. I mean, we can, but I think in many of the groups that I am accustomed to playing in, you're usually doing that before you show up because mm-hmm. then everybody wants to play. But I could I mean, I think it's a good tactic to get in the game and be excited about it like, yeah, man, I'm going to take another feat. Oh, I got another skill. That's right. Booyah. Especially when you level up and you see that character go from plus something one to plus three, you're like, boom, all that time and energy spent, no, new spell time, kids. You know, that's just fun. That's right. Um, the other thing that I have found, as goofy as it is, is I make sure I show up with snacks and just fun stuff to share. You sit down at the table and you throw out the two bags of Doritos and somebody else says Funyuns. I'm like, fuck you. Oh, dude, I forgot Funyuns. I love Funyuns. It's just like, it's like crack for me. Give me a bag of Funyuns, eat the whole damn thing. You're a Funyuns guy. They're terrible. I don't know why I like them, but I'll eat them all. I don't know, man. I would have taken you for a a beef jerky, dude. Oh, that too. Yeah, beef jerky and Funyuns and beer all night long, which means you probably don't want to be anywhere downwind of my breath at that point because it's not pleasant. But something like uh, my friends will bring like cookies and just stuff to have, or hey, what are we doing for dinner tonight? Hey, I got this covered. Hey, we're gonna get pizza or whatever. Even just talking about, as corny as it is, maybe this means we're just getting old, but talking about the food and what we're going to have, and hey, I brought some soda, you need some of this, oh, I got this cool beer I wanted to try, or if you're not into drinking beer, like, hey, we got fresh coffee, or hey, I bought coffee for people, <clears throat> it's, I'm bringing stuff to the table that's about gaming together, and snacks and chips and dip and all that stuff is all part and parcel oftentimes with the game itself, or at least it has been for me historically, and when you're sitting there, with your buddies and the and the guys and girls are sitting down and someone goes, yeah, here's some pretzels. Hey, I got this. I got this. <clears throat> you showed up with a thing to share. And it's, I'm trying not to make too big a deal out of it, but it's it's a social event. And when you do that, it's cool. You bring stuff to, to pass around and you're there to be part of the event and you came ready. You didn't sit down hoping somebody else brought stuff. You didn't sit down and didn't bother you even think about the fact that you'd be playing for four hours right over supper time. You know, you, you figured out what you're already going to do for dinner. You figured all this stuff out. That's, again, it's being prepared, showing up and getting ready to roll in some way. Ready to roll. Literally. Absolutely. Ah, hey. Roll some dice. Hey. <laughs> now, there's a, th- a thing you said there about, like, this is kind of the burnout piece. And, it, what, like I said, we're going to touch on it. But I think, and we say this all the time, but communicating around. Hey, Sean, how's it going? I had a fucked up day at work, Brett. Really, Sean? Yes, it sucked. Everything that could go wrong today went wrong. You know what? Can we kill some stuff so I can get some experience points, man? It, it's a joke or a sideline or whatever, but sometimes people, if you sit down and you've had the really super crappy day, uh, hopefully you're playing with people who care about you enough to say, oh, man, that sucks. Oh, God, I had a bad day, too. Well, at least we're here to game. Let's do. Let's have some fun and support each other through that. But sometimes just saying those things out loud so everybody understands what space you're in. You don't need to necessarily get into a deep um, dissertation on why you're feeling bummed out. Um, at one point, uh, ages back when I was when I was getting divorced, I would show up to a game and I'd be like, I'm not feeling all that into it. Friends are like, you okay? I'm like, ah, it's just <clears throat> it's tough, man. You know, just trying to get things sorted out and lawyers and crap. And the guys all knew I was getting divorced. Like, yeah, oof, that sucks. You want to, you're good to game? Yeah, let's let's do something to take my mind off it. But everybody understood at that moment, you know, it was a pretty damn big deal, you know. Could just see your player character. All right, Brett, uh, you're... Kill him! Kill it! Murder it! Murder it dead! The love of your life has written you a letter. Oh, that's great. That's that's what you do. (laughs) That's what you do to me. That's Yeah, that's Dick GM there. Yeah. That's... That's a... (laughs) 
that that conversation ends in a gunshot. <laughs> oh man, would that be hilarious? Going through to oh, I got a player going through a divorce. Got to set up his player character to yeah. have a fallout. Yeah, with with his loved one. That'll be fun. Oh look, he 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 who who. Hey, guess what? Your husband's been cheating on you. Just found out in character too. Isn't that funny? Ah, fa- oh wait, fa- <laughs> <laughs> that's what she stabbed me, Your Honor. Case dismissed. Moving on. The, the fact that I even brought that up tells you what kind of an asshole I could be. <laughs> so the other thing that I have found is that you you play the game, whatever, and we've talked. This this is also a piece of the burnout stuff. Is sometimes as a player, you take a look at if you're like, man, I just I don't feel like being there. <laughs> it's okay to ask yourself the question like, should I not be there? Right? Like, look. My kids are really sick. My wife just got sick. Work is hell for the last two weeks. It's game night. I, I no, I can't game tonight. That's fine, right? <clears throat> I, I think it's totally fine to say, "Look, I'm not gonna. I can't make it tonight, guys. I'm really sorry, but I can't make it." It's not fine, Brett. <laughs> Suck it up, buddy. Suck it up. You Suck it up, man. Hey, if I were a clown, I'd turn that frown upside down. I hate. I hate clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Flip, I love you, but I haven't seen your clown makeup. Maybe you're really nice. Maybe a nice-looking clown. But I don't know. I think I trauma. I was traumatized when I was a kid by a clown. So, <laughs> but another flip, flip, Flory. I'm re- referring to flips a flips a clown. He plays clown. The other, um, <laughs> yeah, he does. I know, and I'm just trying to forget that. Anyway, um, so the other piece is, it doesn't hurt to ask yourself: Are you playing a game you want to be playing? Um, sometimes it's you know. Hey, I have really had it with Dungeon World. Could we please play a sci-fi game? I've had it with the sci-fi game. Could we please play some Cthulhu? Oh, man. <clears throat> then you become an asshole player because I don't have that shit prepped as a game master. So what you need to do is, is have them run it. Is, All right, is say, hey, you know what? I'd be willing to run. I got an idea for a one-shot. Could I do that at some point? And maybe even not that night. The, the rest of the team would be like, yeah, but we're right in the... We're outside the, the the shrine of the Kuatoa, man. I don't I don't want to not fight that. How about next time? All right, cool. But if you want to do something like that as a player, you know, give it a shot. Step up and do something like that. You know, feel free to bring it up. Don't hide that and squash it down. Bring it out. <clears throat> but I think because as a player, it's such a it's such a communal activity for me. Bringing some of the energy in and what I'm seeing about my players and other people sitting down, even at uh, GameholeCon this last time. Talking to the players who I didn't know, I mean, I knew Hobbs and I knew um, <coughs> VC sitting at, at the table in front of me, but I did not know most of the other people sitting there. I'm like, okay, interesting. How am I going to make sure everybody gets along and so on? And, hey, Hobbs looks to the guy next to him. What's your character's name? What's he look like? VC's like, yeah, I'm this. Hey, what are you doing? Engaging with each other. You know, hey, what's that up with your character? Did you level up just like we were supposed to? Yeah, hey, what spell did you just take? Asking the, the magic user. Hey, what? do you have enough rounds for that, you know, for your gun? Do you have enough ammo? Do you have enough food? Do we have enough this? <clears throat> Talking to each other and helping to spread that engagement around the table, to me, brings the energy up. Because now everybody's thinking about that character sheet and what just happened, and they want to get going. So I think, I think that's some of the stuff is, that I've seen work and I've tried to do myself as a player. I think it works pretty well. Got any other tips, Sean, or ideas? Uh, uh, That's a no. <laughs> no, I think those are all good. I mean, I don't want to rehash the same <clears throat> ones. I think they're that there's a, those are always legit. Maybe uh, if you got a journal, uh, read the journal. Read the notes yep. that people post up on forums or whatever. If there's a blog going or some of those details, if you really want to get Get your head back into the game. Get your head in the game, man. So if you take it back. Rambo. Rambo, come on. Get in there. Come on, Johnny. (laughs) Get in the game. Get in the goddamn game. So as a game master, I think some of it's very similar in that I've had had guys I've gamed with in the past as game masters, and I've actually had people say this to my face, that they never bring anything to share at the table because they're running the game and the players owe it to them to supply them with food and drinks. Well, yeah, I do say that, Brett. <laughs> well, I don't want to call you out right there in front of everybody, Sean, but yeah. So, well, as a game... Hey, I don't run this shit for free. <laughs> I don't get any money out of it. 
And sometimes they don't even get rewarded otherwise. Exactly. Just a bunch of bastard players. <laughs> we need to stop bashing on players, man. It's probably, you know, 50% of our, our BSers are players. Well, I mean, you and I both play games, so I mean. We do play. And I tell you. Well, see, so what are you saying, man? Because I game master, I can bash players. I'm a, I'm a player, so I can bash them? I don't like, know. Hey, man, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I can bash players because I am one. But I think helping win. <laughs> Ah, good lord, you reckon it. Oh, that's funny. Dick. <laughs> anyway, so one thing to do is like, you know, you make sure you're running the game you want to run, all the stuff we talked about. You know, if you got burnout issues, you talk about that. The other thing I found is in addition to doing very similar things like, hey, you know, something as silly as, hey, <clears throat> my wife made cookies, I brought them to the game, you know, bringing snacks, getting people engaged that way, all those types of things still play in your part. The other thing I found as a game master is sometimes you can take breaks in the game, right? You can be playing, you've got a four-hour session, and somewhere in the middle of it, someone goes, oh, my God, I've got to tell you this thing happened to me at work. This is so fucking full. This is so fucking hilarious. Hang on, we just got to take a break. I've had those. I'm sure just about everybody else out there at some point is like, oh, my God, totally not game-related, but this just reminded me of, and boom, the funny story comes out, which then leads to another funny story, a Monty Python quote, Ugh. another thing, and next thing you know, an hour's gone. If that happens all the time, all the time, that shit's frustrating. That's where it's distracting, you're out of immersion, and so forth. However, I have been at those game sessions where everybody got together, and it started off funny and kooky and wacky, and it just got worse from there. <laughs> where it's, It was four of us guys sitting down. We were going to play a game. We got going. We got rolling. And it just turned into a giggle fest. I don't know why. We were just laughing. It was jokes. It was nothing serious. And the game went nowhere that night. And that was fine. It happens every once in a, in a while. Every once in a while. It's a game, and it's supposed to be fun. If you're not having any fun, <coughs> excuse me, and if you don't allow breaks to occur, say, all right, hang on, hang on, all right, let's just, everyone take a break. Some of the guys in my group still smoke. So I'm like, hey, Smokey, we got to go outside. Let everybody calm down. Let's get some coffee. We'll come back. We'll start serious. Okay, good. Everybody walks away from the table for a little bit. We come back. All right, here we go. Let's start over. You're at the gates of blah, 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 and the game kicks in. I think taking those breaks and allowing the players to kind of help you direct the play, pay attention to that. Pay attention to the mood in the room. And sometimes I, the la the Warhammer game I ran this last Saturday, the group wanted to do some shopping. Shopping can be boring as all hell. But they had a bunch of money. They had some lines of credit. They're on a quest. And they want to go bug some people, and they want to buy some stuff. So they sat there for 15, 20 minutes, going through the book, looking at different equipment, making sure they bought the right things, they're all geared up, had the right stuff. I, it was on my side, I kind of had nothing to do. So what I did was I took some notes, clarified some things for myself as what was coming next. You know, when they went back into the mountains through Axe Bite Pass, what was going to happen. But I let them, they wanted to do that. It was fun for them. They were having a great time. That was really helping them get into the game and feel more immersed because they started off as these little plebes in Warhammer and were slowly but surely building themselves up to, honest to God, real-life real adventures where they had real armor and real weapons, and, and they were feeling like it was a big sense of accomplishment every time they got to go shopping. So it was, it was fun for them. Boring for me to watch, perhaps, but I'll tell you, they had a good time, so watching them have fun, that was cool. That was cool to, to listen to the questions. Hey, if I sell this bastard sword, can I get a... Can I get an axe that does the same thing? Because I really think my dwarf would... Kooky questions like that. It was still fun. They were having a great time. Everyone was smiling. So sometimes just roll with it. And that energy is coming right off of it. Don't squash it. They're bringing the energy to the table like that. I Don't stop it and say, that's not what we're here to do. We're, guys are supposed to be in the dungeon fighting orcs. Why aren't you in there fighting orcs right now? Don't don't treat them like that. If they're taking their time, they're dicking around a little bit, buying some weapons, they want to go talk to the sage, you know... Ange wants to go talk to this person. Sean wants to go over there. Sneezak's going, doing his thing. Eh, you know what? Sometimes it's kind of the same as the group takes a weird break and it's just a big giggle fest, and sometimes a group just knocks off and does their own thing for a session. Totally fine if they're into it and they're having fun. You know, the energy's there. Run with it. Sean's staring at me like I've got three heads. Paint a miniature. 
paint a miniature. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. While you're while you're waiting for while you're waiting for oh, them. No, before before you game, man. If you want oh, to get totally. your game, yeah. paint a minute, paint a miniature. Especially if you're paint, paint your paint paint your miniatures. Paint your player characters miniatures. Especially if you're a game master and you're using minis. Stock yeah. your stock your monsters, right? Go through, grab all those pre-painted plastics you've got sitting in a tub, and organize them. Hey, I need yeah. 50 of these, six of them. Oh, my God, I've got an ant keg. I haven't used an ant keg in forever and put that in a stack. That's a damn good idea. Read a rule book. Read a supplement. Sit on the crapper. That's right. <laughs> go to the office. Go to the office, grab, crack. Grab some reading material. Bolo's Guide, baby. Bolo's Guide, man. Yeah, man. I've got that. I've got freaking Xanathar's Guide right in the... Uh, right in the office right there? Right in the office right now. It's about 20 feet from me. And then uh don't, don't borrow Sean's books. No. Oh, that's hey. Dual <laughs> dual purpose, man. In the in the office. People but, lay off my books <laughs> and I can educate myself and get excited about the game session. You know, as a game master that I mean, players coming prepared, knowing what their character does and so forth. The game the GM, if you've got some notes you remember from last time, or hey, in this session everyone's on a damn boat. I should probably bone up on the sailing rules, the swimming rules, the drowning rules. Cause I'm on a boat. Because shit could happen. I'm on a motherfucking boat. <laughs> so pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> no, that's a good idea, too. And it, it's goofy, but I think I mentioned it in the notes here, but it's kind of, for me as a game master, someone that's in my prep, knowing what's coming. If it's like, yeah, they're going to be fighting, you know, an ant keg. What the fuck? Is, what does that do? Does it have a weird power or something? Because that's a, that's a monster in this adventure. Look it up, or hey, they're going to a different planet, or there's a chance they could run into this group of raiders between here and <coughs> excuse me, here and the next stop. You know, are there ties to it and so on? Just kind of refreshing the world knowledge and the system stuff. That's a good idea. I like that. That helps. That helps me anyway from a preparation perspective. Read some fiction. Yeah, that's good too. Reading Dragonlance, actually listening to it. Are you any good? It's. I actually think it's better in audiobook form. Really? I don't know why. I can kind of keep in. I can keep in tune with what's going on because I've read the books before. Oh, yeah. and it's just kind of a refresher, and I'm like, oh, this is where they're at, and then I can kind of zone out and still pick it back up. <clears throat> but it, when you listen to it in audio format, dude, it's it's like actual play podcast, man. You can just see, <laughs> you can just see the like player character interaction. Just like, just, just like it came off the table. <laughs> yeah. So at the game itself, so you've done that stuff. You're like getting ready and so on. And as a game master or as a player, Sean, when the game is actually occurring, apart from the traditional stay focused, keep your head in the game, damn it, type of thing, are there other things that you have found helpful for you, like just kind of maintaining energy through the whole session, just kind of keeping it rolling? Um, yeah, if I'm, well, am I, roll, am I playing or am I game master? Let's say you're playing at this point. If I'm playing, I'll probably, uh, well, I may, make some shit go, like, make something happen. Oh, yeah, maybe, okay. Make something happen, maybe, maybe interact with somebody else. You know, try not to sit there and, I think it's like, you sit idly by, it just exacerbates the issue. Yeah, you walk into the tavern, the GM says, so you guys sit down, order some drinks, yeah. Right. And do you talk to anyone? Yeah, I guess so. Who, who's there? <clears throat> this is where the the agency comes in, right? Just grab the agency and drive it like you stole it. Walk up to the walk up to the bartender, slide him a gold coin, ask him if he no, knows anything about you know Lord Thrommel, and oh, what, what, why why do you ask? Because the barkeep, and you go on and on. So instead of waiting it to be fed to you, go get it. Yeah, crack a joke. Like you go up to the bartender, and you're with a party of an elf, a dwarf, and a halfling. Go up to him and say, an elf, a dwarf, and a halfling walk, walk into, into a, a bar. bar. <laughs> slide, the, slide the bartender two gold pieces and says, uh, can I have a drink? Bartender looks at you cross-eyed and says, what? Pirate walks in a bar with a steering wheel hanging out of his pants. Um, Yard's driving me nuts. You don't know that joke? Come on. Oh. There we are. Oh, hey. Gus, get on it. Hey. Yeah. Anyway, no, fair point. I think as a player, one of the things to from that piece to keep the energy up is engage, do stuff. And sometimes it's it's easy to say, well, if there's a fight, um, I have seen players, well, there's nothing for me to do. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. That's horseshit. 
there's always something you could be doing. Even if it's looking around, searching, <clears throat> climbing, doing something, there's something you can do. Unless your character is literally held down and, <laughs> and immobile or near dead, there's something for you to be doing. The other thing I've found, even outside of my character's perspective, is giving actually helpful advice, not invasive advice, but trying to help my fellow players. When you see someone's stuttering over a, an issue, like, oh, geez, do I attack the, this guy or this person? Or oh, she seems to be the one in charge. Ah, oh, who, who should I shoot at? Like, dude, if I were you, I would do this because that's all we've been seeing. Man, I'd, I'd do that if I were you. Stay engaged with your fellow players, even when it's not your turn. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, granted, <clears throat> telling everybody what to do, you should be doing this, that's kind of that dickhead thing that we shouldn't be doing. But if someone is showing, like, ah, I don't know what to do, or if they're struggling to come up with cool ideas, helping be a – when someone needs to source the table, whether they're actively asking for it or not, say, hey, do you want an idea? Hey, I've got an idea. you want to hear it? If you stay engaged like that, you're passing energy back and forth. Every time it's anybody's turn at the table, you have a stake in there. Even just understanding what it is and then reacting off of it when it does get to be your turn is pretty cool. So I think that when I do see that at the table, I think that always kind of helps the energy level too. I think that's pretty cool. <clears throat> and the same, I think, goes for the Game Master. I have seen players struggling at the table trying to come up with something, and I've thrown ideas at them. Like, look, you know, given what you have seen, Sean, you could be doing A, B, and C or any number of things, but there's just some ideas for you. What do you think? And sometimes the player's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try that. I've got nothing else. I'm, You know, they're locked up. They're just not thinking of something. So I think staying engaged in offering help or table source knowledge for any time it's needed, I think can be pretty helpful and uh, in providing more energy at the game itself. You with me? Look a little sleepy. With you, Look a little sleepy. With you, dude. Oh, my dog Come on, get in on it. Come on, get in the my game, dog. Sean. My dog's snoring. Your dog is snoring. <laughs> you, you might not be able to hear him because I got some gear that's filtering that out. That's but funny. He's really cutting some logs right <laughs> underneath my desk right now. That's hilarious. God, it's about time you calm the fuck down, dog. He's old. He's he's old and tired now. I know, like said He just got back from the vet, Dougie. So, from the game master perspective, what when you run in a game, how do you do? You do anything that when you see the energy level drop, do you ninjas kick in the door? Do you in, instigate a combat, or what do you think? I just I say, hey, everybody, stand up. Do a little stretch. Look to your left. Look to your right. One of these players will betray you. do si do <laughs> We're going to do a little yoga. Uh, that'll help. Yeah. yeah. Probably put everybody to sleep. Exactly. Uh, it will not put you to sleep because it kicks your ass. But anyways, um, no, I, th- I, mm, I try to engage that player, of course, especially if I notice a player. If I'm a GM and I'm like, ugh, then I try to make something happen. Like, this is like, eh, you do something, you do something, you do something some more. Time for the dramatic interaction. I'll tell you a very, I mean, having a kick-ass fight break out is a really good way to, to kick the energy up. Sometimes even uh, in a fight, it doesn't it always always have to be a fight. It's just, it's kind of cliche to do, but it happens. You know, you, you see, you feel the energy down, you want to kick it back up a notch, you know, ninjas kick in the door, stuff happens. Sometimes just having it, you can have a tense negotiation session. <clears throat> you could have a really intense um, character to NPC discussion that can happen. You know, a lot of dice rolling and so forth. Calling for checks at the table with meaning to them can bring some energy to the table I've seen. You know, if you're like, oh, yeah, roll roll a spot check, yeah, you find nothing. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think a lot of times it's, it's the tone, and that's where it... Um, where I think making sure you're doing, you're engaging with your fellow players as a game master, taking the direction the players are taking and rolling with it, and uh, working working with that stuff really, at least from where I where I sit on the other side of the screen, I get a lot of energy from that. <clears throat> if the players are having a good time, they're really into shopping like they were this last time. They were having fun. That was cool. They asked me bizarre questions about, can I wear a leather, ha- a pot helmet on top of the leather hat? Let's look up the rule. We spent time doing that. They wanted to do that. They normally don't get into that, but they were totally grooving on that this last session. Fine. How do you stack armor in Warhammer First Dead? We looked it up, and we know a whole bunch of crap about it now. 
it was fun. The guys, the guys got into that. So again, it was it normally if I'd say, Hey, we spent, you know, an hour and a half shopping in the game session. People, Oh fuck. That sounds terrible. They had fun though. It's what they wanted to do. And, um, and maybe it's, maybe I'm weird like this, but I like having, watching people have fun around me is, is fun for me. So I, that's something I enjoy. I don't know if that, that makes me weird, Sean. That might make me weird. I don't know. Maybe that's weird of me. Well, and that's okay, Brett. It's okay to be weird. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, it is. We're too old to give a shit about not being weird nowadays. <laughs> Honestly, that's guys, very true. seriously, man. At this point, I got you know. D&D, I got D&D on my LinkedIn profile. My. I gives two fucks if anybody cares if I'm a role-playing gamer. Yeah, at this point, why not, right? Gives a shit, man. The nerds shall inherit the earth. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I think we've beat this one a little bit here. If other people have got ideas of what they're doing to inject energy, I think a lot of it, it seems self-explanatory. And maybe and maybe burnout is the main thing, right? If you really can't muster up a way to get energized about the game, you know, maybe it's time that one of the players takes the reins. And use Game Master, if you're one of those people that has like those crazy-ass control freak stuff, maybe you got to take a step back. And let that you know person who really wants to run Star Frontiers give it a shot. You know, even though you may not necessarily think they could do a good job on it, the only way that people are going to get better is to try. And that's another thing too, is as players and game masters, is to try different things. You take some of the different, you know, to pat ourselves on the back. You take some of the different ideas or advice that Sean have spewed out for 170 some episodes, and say, you know what, I'm going to try this thing about you know living gear. I'm going to try this thing about damaging equipment. I want to talk about weather. I want to spice things up a little bit. And by trying something different and putting energy into it, guess what? You're bringing energy to the game. As a player, instead of playing the same Fightor from Fightor Land, whose parents were killed by orcs, how will you play a Fightor from Fightor Land, whose parents were killed by trolls? Whoa! It's something. Oh, saucy. You know, I started playing rogues more. I've never really been a big thief slash rogue fan for D&D, but the last couple of D&D campaigns I played in, I'm like, oh, I want to try this whole rogue thing out. I'm having a blast. So what's your go-to class, Brett? My go-to class tends to be uh, fighter. Fighter. <clears throat> I do. I like fighters. And, what I like a fighter. freaking, what a shot. I like fighters and rangers. <laughs> what a freaking surprise. This is where the action is, you know, from, from oh my. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <clears throat> but um, I have a. It's Brett in D&D. <laughs> I do. I do on the flip side. <laughs> I do on the flip side. I spent a lot of time for a number of years playing uh, wizards. Loved wizards. <laughs> my son, my youngest guy, loves clerics. So he'll change it up, and he'll uh, be an elf cleric instead of a dwarf cleric. That's like a big change for him. But do something a little bit. You do something sometimes just a little bit different, even within the 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 usual game you're playing, makes you reread the rules, make you makes you refocus. But anyway, if other people out there have better ideas than the crap Sean I've just spewed for the last forty five minutes or whatever it's taken, uh, write in, let us know, give us a call, tell us what you think. Maybe we can help out the mongrel. Brett's guy, fighter or ranger? Normally, yeah. Do you spell his name T R E B so it's like Brett backwards? <laughs> no, I've never done that, honestly. <laughs> oh, I bet. I have not. Never oh, done that. Oh, man. Get in this, get in the die roll. All right. Brett, kick her off, buddy. I should say, just one thing, because I don't play that often. It's easier to remember the rules for be a fighter than it is to be a magic user. Uh, so it, there you go. it is it is beneficial if you don't play very often that you do play the same class because yeah. then you don't get into the bitching and moaning that we happen to have yeah. about players not knowing their character. Exactly. I, Brett, you're so, a fucking cleric. What do you mean you can't heal? I'm sorry. Where's the rule for that? How do I turn? I don't know what to what do. do. I turn? Anyway, I roll? on to die roll. Um, Amazon Prime is doing a series, uh, Conan series. Link in the show notes. Conan O'Brien? Oh, yes, Conan O'Brien, the Barbarian. Uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> Red hair, freckles, and a large sword. It'll be interesting. He's a great Irish guy. Uh, word on the street is, from the link I've got, the few others, I think they're trying to stay more Howardian than movie-wise. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what it does. It's one of those things I like. I like I like Conan from the Robert E. Howard, the original stuff. Um, just the stuff he's written. I'm not a big fan of the spinoffs other people have done. Robert um, Lynn Carter and some of the other folks. Not my not my bag. But it'd be inter- interesting to see what they do. If nothing else, they give me something new to bitch about. So that'll be kind of fun. They're the Game of Thrones, man. Everybody wants to get in the game now. See, Game of Thrones doesn't interest me at all. I don't know why. They probably have you have you watched any of it? No, don't care. 
Well, the first season's pretty good. I think you'd like it. I might. I don't know. I my buddy was Aaron, Lenny was giving me shit the other day because I watched uh, the Relic, or excuse me, the Ritual, the Ritual, which is mm-hmm. a Netflix horror movie. And he's like, "You watched a you watched a current movie like that's out right now?" I said, "Yeah." He's like, "What'd you think?" I'm like, "I might do it again next year." <laughs> Isn't that with the group of campers going through the woods? It's a group of uh, British guys who British guys going through the woods in uh, Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I saw the previews for that. It looked per- kind of interesting. It's very good. It's fun. Um, the other thing I wanted to call out was uh, Glenn Seal, our our buddy Monkey Blood, is doing the Midlands Expanded Kickstarter. It's still out there. It's almost over. By the time this drops, I'll have a day maybe left, maybe two. <laughs> Sean and I are both in on this one, and we're, we are not, uh, as of today, the 19th of February, by the time we're recording this, we don't quite have the funding yet. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give him a little kick there because uh, – I want to see this one. I want to see this one go through. So it's all good. But anyway, if it's something you're thinking about, and I know sometimes um, I've actually missed out on a Kickstarter or two because I'm like, God damn it, I was going to do that before it ended, and then it ended. So I figured, eh, I'd throw it out there just in case anybody else cares. So anyway, over to you, Sean. The Do's and Don'ts of Fiction, inspired by your RPG campaign by Caitlin Paxson on Tor.com. So I read part of that. It's she kind of touches on uh, fanfic, and um, she she <laughs> she kind of jokes a little bit about it in the beginning, saying like all the stuff I've read and things of that nature, and how you've got to really separate it from what your character's background may be in our in an RPG and actually make it a a novel. So it's interesting. Plus, it's on Tor.com, man. Exactly. I mean, it's not. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, this is kind of telling you not to write a novel that's based on your Dragonlance. <laughs> Dragonlance yeah. live play. Okay, carry on. Hey, man, I didn't, I didn't say that. I love you, Tracy. Good stuff. Keep going. Uh, why you should surround yourself with more books than you'll ever have time to read by Jessica Stillman. I'm work, on working on it. Inc.com. Uh, ink isn't incorporated. It's a interesting uh, little blurb, especially as a lot of us uh, RPGers are tend to be a little on the bibliophile side. Uh, number three for me: fifty best board games by William Herkowitz on Popular Mechanics of all websites. What? Yeah. First, first, how, how, and why are you on Popular Mechanics websites? I've seen your soft little typist hands. Hey, man, I'm very handy when I want to be. All right. Crafty. Crafty. It's crafty. Wiki wiki. Crafty. There's, there's uh, some damn good-looking board games out here, too. Yeah. We don't talk enough about <clears throat> board games, so we'll just put it in the die roll for all you board game aficionados. Yeah, Humphleet and so forth. Yeah. And Mo. Yep. yep. Good stuff. Keep going. Amongst everybody else. Uh, listeners. Ah, uh, yeah, Shane Freeman has a link out there to some open maps, uh, museum-media. Um, this is uh, pretty darn cool. I, I love me some maps. And this kind of goes to uh, him giving us a little bit of shit, or Sean, perhaps a little bit of shit, around the uh, lack of a uh, West Marches campaign. But anyway, <laughs> this is kind of cool. Take a look at it. It's a uh, little hex thing where you've got, like, the city in the beginning – and uh, blows some stuff out. So it's kind of neat. I like it. Very, very cool. Thank you, Shane. Good stuff. Chris Shorb. Gary from Black Diamond Games talks about transparency around gaming retail operations and realism about the industry. He's written a blog for a while, and uh, it's been so great that he's releasing a book. So Chris wanted to pimp his book, and he's pre-ordered it. And I th- I think I might have heard of Gary, but uh, yeah. For those that know him and know probably frequent Black Diamond games, uh, you could probably speak to how well he runs a, a game store, is my guess. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, Goblin's Henchman, a uh, friend of the show, regular, he's uh, given us a few voicemails and some other good stuff. He, a while back, I had posted this up there. He'd shared his Excel mapper tool. It's a tool he's got that um, has used an Excel spreadsheet to make dungeon maps and so forth. Well, he has done some updating to it. And we've got a link in the show notes there. So uh, Goblin's Henchman always does some really cool old school stuff. So 
Thank you, sir. Much, much appreciated. Thanks, everybody, for writing in for Random Encounter. Thanks for die rolls. Thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the community, whether it's ours or just in gaming in general. Thank you very much. I don't know if we say that enough. Oh, so I'm saying it now. Oh, good. It's good stuff, man. We've got we have a lot of excellent men and women that like to listen to us. I actually caught my my young, my youngest daughter uh, said, "Hey, on your podcast," and she said something. I said, "You're listening to us." She's listening to us. <laughs> I said, "You listen to us." She goes, "Yeah, Dad. I thought it'd be kind of fun." Dad swears all the time. She, you swear more on the podcast than you do in she, the kitchen. She lives in my house. She knows what she knows what I sound like. Oh, I suppose. She also is smart enough to know not to use those words. That's cool. <laughs> to not get in trouble. Anyway, Brett, apart from Brett's, Brett's, Brett's the do as I say, not as I do, Dad. Brett, Brett's fucked up parenting, not not um, withstanding. Anyway, right. she's a she's a smart one that skipped a grade and has like a one forty five IQ or something crazy. So she's she's, she's gonna be doing kid. Brett's math. And well, yeah, I mean before long. My, I, yeah, that's. that's I suck at math. Anyway. You know you'd stop having outages in that network if you just subnetted the freaking uh, OSPF uh, routing protocol properly. See, that's, that's why I hire smarter people than me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it is great. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of men and women that listen to us, and not everybody writes in. Not everybody communicates with us directly. Some people just that's log right. in and, and listen and so on, and some people write reviews, some people don't. And honestly, it doesn't. Not that it, okay. it, it's totally fine, and it's just it's really great to know that anybody out there is is listening and paying attention. And if we've ever said anything that's helped or been of use to you, that's just awesome. So thank you very much to Aqua Sean. Thanks very much for listening. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brett. What in the hell are we talking about next week? We're going to talk about adversarial players, Sean. We're going to talk about what it's like to game master for Sean next week. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I mean to play. Game master for me, huh? Yeah. I'm an adversarial player. Well, I wouldn't say adversarial. Yes, I would. Well, yes, I would. How would, how would we define that, Brett? I don't want we'll to take a crack as at a it. Dick, as a dickhead player. We'll talk about it next time. We'll see where we go. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's been another one of Gaming and BS's. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This show's provided to you with the support from the following BSers. Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's biggest fan, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Palladian, Remy Billado, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnson, Brandon Barnes, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, Lost Sailor, Todd McGowan, Misdirected Mark Productions, Jason Christopher Gray, Finolf, Merkel Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Michael Drescher, Wiss Static, Alexander Auerbach, Neil Benson, Ron Blessing, Chris Steele, Eric the Hoff Hoffman, Soldiers of Misfortune RPG, Christopher Lane, Chris Takahashi, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Ray Otis, Ron Bishop, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, John Hammersley, Derelict Radios, John Steve, Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Blake Ryan, Chad Glayman, Sky, Roger Brasslett, Evan Harrison Cass, Craig, Howard Bishop, Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Scannis, the Knights of the Night Crew, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Eli Kurtz, Gordon Cranford, Andy Hall, Corey Wynn, and Graham Minert. For ways to support the show, head over to gamingmbs.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! Should probably stop it, huh?